On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, we're climbing back up through the alders after Alaskan mountain goats with my good friend, Kevin Pearson. Born and raised in Sitka, Alaska, Kevin grew up hunting blacktail deer in the coastal alpine, which quickly evolved into an obsession with hunting the island's resident mountain goats. Few people's hunting resumes are built on double-digit goat kills, but Kevin is a rare breed, and he's about to share with us some really incredible hunting adventures, ranging from the jungles of southeast Alaska to the wild unlimited wilderness sheep units of Montana. Kevin is as humble as he is experienced, and the stories you're about to hear are world-class. It's a special person to embrace solo mountain hunting. Those few who dare into the unknown and willingly subject themselves to raw and sometimes vicious conditions. It's a lonely brotherhood only a small number of us can truly understand. So listen up. You're about to hear from a real killer, Kevin Pearson. Yeah. So you liked the episode with Shinnebarger? Well, it just it fired me up. I'm, I'm going to enter year 12 of hunting unlimited rams this year. That's and it. and I've kind of ebbed and waned in how much time I've put into it, but this year I'm 100% all in. Yeah, so. and you said Tim's podcast motivated you a little bit. Well, for sure it did. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe this is all backfiring and there's just going to be more hunting pressure out there the more podcasts I put out. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, the thing I love about Unlimited is you can tell people right where to go and they, they either physically can't get there or they get there and they don't see a sheep and they don't yeah. want to go. you yeah. got to be kind of messed up in the head to want to keep – going yeah, tim's got his own phrase for that um but you listened to the recent one with waller too yeah I've, I've listened to all of them now oh you have yeah um yeah the conversation with tim was a, is a quick favorite for all my sheep hunting buddies um that episode is very quick to get immediate praise and i think it, there's some unlimited sheep hunting forum online that it was shared on I don't know what that is or where it was, but I think that's where it got a little bit of exposure as well. But that man has some stories to tell. Yeah, if you want to talk about unlimited sheep, I can tell you how not to kill one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I <laughs> or I, heck, even see one. I bet you've learned some some valuable lessons and probably seen some incredible things. Um, you mentioned you have been on been in every named drainage in your unit and in the last 12 years and you're going to start just rechecking them this year <laughs> I, there's some i won't go back to yeah you know, yeah, the, yeah yeah the, the burned over hell holes that <laughs> have no grass you were lucky or water. to get out of yeah um that's what uh jack atchison says they can't they can't eat rocks yeah it's yeah. true and, and i know can't. i know which ones are rock and <laughs> yeah and I've, you know, it's like they say about, you know, stone sheep. I've glassed those places till my eyes bleed and kept glassing. And, I'm going on and a stone sheep them. hunt uh, oh. in August. Going with my buddy Ryan up to BC. Good. And I'm just the plus one. Yeah. But I'm just like the fanboy getting to come and help carry stuff and take yeah. pictures. Um, but I'm so excited. Oh, God. That's that's the pinnacle for I sure. I know. We're going to like the old school uh horseback country big nine is the name of the outfit and um it's supposed to be a, a very successful very uh awesome stone hunt uh where we ride horses in and then we'll backpack out of that that camp back in there but i've never even seen one. Oh no i've been either that's how yeah. i feel about like certain and like i've never ever seen a polar bear 
So I'm really interested in them. Yeah. I had never laid eyes on a muskox you, until you last. You got me there. Yeah? You've never done that? No, I've been in their country twice, and that, that was like the dream is just to lay in eyes on In Alaska or yeah, Canada? Yeah, in Alaska. Out on Nunavik? No, just. Uh, up north. Yeah, up north, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, crazy place, man. And that Arctic, that was, uh, I'm quick to, I've been known to say I felt like I was scuba diving on the moon. <laughs> like I couldn't have been more out of my element, which made me love it. You know, that's what made it adventurous. I grew up in Alaska and I feel the same way about that country because it's yeah. 12, 15, 1600 miles from where I grew up. Yeah, Alaska is very diverse. Yeah. I mean, top, yeah. top to bottom, bottom to top, Alaska has more ecosystems than your average country. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about your life, Kevin. So here with my friend, Kevin Pearson. Kevin, how did we meet? It was through Goat Alliance. Goat Alliance. I, I, I did a couple counts. Yeah. 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 So you were a volunteer with the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance when we were orchestrating some Montana volunteer goat counts, summertime backpacking goat counts. And you showed up uh, to volunteer for some of those projects, multiple of those projects, and you and I hit it off. Yeah. Yeah, you're very unassuming, humble guy. And I remember at our first, like, volunteer barbecue, you subtly slipped to me. You're like, yeah, I've killed 10 mountain goats. I think, it was, I think it was only eight at that time, but well, you, okay. You didn't, it, you didn't, it wasn't boastful. Yeah. Like, maybe you didn't even say the yeah. number. But it was very apparent, very sudden that I was talking to a seasoned – yeah. mountain hunter and a mountain goat enthusiast which i uh like to call myself as well so uh you're from you can't kill you know double digit mountain goats or sheep without living in canada or alaska yeah so that's tell me tell me where you're from sitka alaska sitka, born and raised an island yep sitka is an island yep um about what's 12 miles what's from the population of that island uh about 9500 when i was growing up it's around oh, wow. 8000 now oh it went down yeah big mill shut down in the mid 90s they did a um, lot of timber cutting back correct, in the day yeah yeah i've seen that on uh prince of wales big big lumber uh markets out there yeah um so uh sitka alaska born and raised on an island um well, tell me about the family you came from. Did you grow up hunting and fishing, obviously? For sure. My dad was born and raised in Alaska. Uh, so tell me where Sitka is. Uh, if you, if if you draw familiar. a line from Seattle to Anchorage, it's the middle of it. Is it halfway up? Pretty mo- pretty close, yeah. And Juneau is about a 20-minute flight to the northeast. So you call it yeah. southeast coastal Alaska. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you're, Sitka Sound is a big you know, bay, essentially, but you're looking straight out at the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah, the, my only time in southeast Alaska was, uh, you know, flew into Ketchikan and then over to Prince of Wales for a bear hunt, and I loved it. It was, it was everything that I wanted out of like a outdoor experience. It was there was ocean and hunting and forest and beach, and uh, salt water and fresh water and salmon and bears and the only thing it doesn't have uh, are sheep. There's not a lot of sure, sheep in southeast correct, Alaska. Correct. There are some, but. Yeah, I mean, I actually started most of my goat hunts on the saltwater. So. Coastal yeah. hunting, which a lot of people think of like British Columbia yeah. would be those coastal mountain goat hunts, but they in fact exist in southeast yeah. Alaska. And that's where some of the biggest goats in the world come from, coastal British Columbia and 
you know, the Ketchikan area in southeast Alaska, which is yeah. a lot of it's a draw tag. They're they're not uh, native to Baranoff Island where Sitka is. They were introduced sometime Wait, in the is Sitka is a different island than Baranoff. Sitka right? is on Baranoff Island. Explain that. So Sitka is a town on an Correct. island. Correct. Yeah, the town's 150 miles long, and I didn't know that Sitka takes up 12 miles of coastline. So Sitka is like a county or something, a town. Actually, a corporation. Ran, yeah, random fact. It's like one of the biggest cities and boroughs in the country because it encompasses the whole island, but it, this most of the island is wilderness essentially. So Sitka, the civilization of Sitka is on Baranoff Island. Correct. Well, I would have told yeah. you it was on Sitka Island. Nope. Interesting. All right, so I've heard a lot about Baranoff and the prolific mountain goat population and a lot of the research that has been based on Baranoff that Goat Alliance has funded through the years and stuff. Um, but tell me about, were there goats there when you were a kid? Yeah, I went on my first goat hunt in 1989. 1989. 12 years old. That was the year I was born. All right. <laughs> Thanks for dating me. Um, no problem. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I think I had shot my first deer three or so years earlier in the you know, Sitka Blacktail. Sitka Blacktail yeah. hunt. So and there's deer on the island? Correct. And I think I sh went on my first hunt when I was six or seven, and my dad. Uh, A deer hunt? Yeah. They're black bear or grizzly? Or 100% brown bear. brown bear on Baranoff. So no that's black. what's interesting about yeah. southeast Alaska. It seems like all those islands have bear, but it's one or the other. And then when you go to the mainland, they're both. It, but on the island, they like, they. They chose these rocks out in the salt water, and we're like, hey, we got this one. You get that one. Basically, that's the best I can come up with. I've heard other theories, and, and it so just doesn't funny. make sense. They all have salmon streams. They all have muskegs and, yeah. I mean, the blueberries everywhere. It's like a it's, gang warfare yeah. out there or something. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's bizarre. But, turf you can but, yeah, all we saw were brown bears. So. Well, that's interesting, and there's a lot of sick of blacktail out there as well. Correct. So there's mountain goats. Brown bear and sick of blacktail on that's your it home for, island. Of that's Baranoff. for the big, game, yeah. big game. and the surrounding islands. You know, it's an archipelago, which means just a ton of islands. So, as a kid, you you did a lot of deer hunting with your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah and was two older brothers as well, and so you guys were consumed with it. A house full of boys, all all hunting. And uh, yeah, and my grandfather, I never knew him, but he had built a cabin twenty miles north of Sitka that um, later turned into a forest service lease. And so it's still in our family to this day. Oh, so, really? Like grandfather did or something? Yeah. He he built it just because he wanted to, but he, huh. he wrangled a lease. And good luck doing that today, right? Yeah. Um, they're not handing those out anymore. So, yeah, it was Friday after school from, you know, sometime in September through November. As soon as Dad got out of work and we were out of school, we were on a boat heading up to the cabin. And, you know, did some duck and goose hunting, but it was mostly – and a lot of crabbing. Yeah. And salmon fishing and – yeah, we did do some, but we did most of that in the summer months. Okay. I, I grew up commercially fishing, too. My dad was an electrician who, who trolled Fished in the, the summer. summer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we were kind of ready to move on by the time deer season rolled on to something new. Yeah, you were good on the fish. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. And you could, as a resident, shoot six deer a year. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. what that looked like. Yeah, so it was, you know, buck only from August 1st to September 15th, and then either sex until the end of December. And so you guys, were, you guys were as a kid. Were you not were you trophy hunting or filling freezers? Phil, what, I think like? I, I'm embarrassed to say I think it was 24 does before I ever shot a buck. But that's you, not embarrassing at all. That's you, cool. You blow a call and they run up 20 feet from you and yeah, sit so there. Tell, tell me about the sick of blacktail hunting and what the 
different uh, blacktail hunts look like throughout the different months? Uh, August, they're in the alpine. The bucks are still in velvet. And, you know, I say alpine some places. That starts at 1,200 feet or less elevation. But you're usually starting at the ocean, walking up through a jungle. A jungle. Yeah. It's thick. You know, with local knowledge, you learn where the old growth is and you can stay in that there's something called a muskeg which is kind of a park or meadow that's very wet and a bog and if you could get up high it was probably the closest you'll come to your typical uh western hunt spot and stock because you could see them there's a tree line yeah it's alpine hunting yeah yeah and you know southeast alaska i I usually tell people it's 55 degrees in the summer and it's 45 degrees in the winter and i'm probably within five degrees accurate what does that mean it's just very just it doesn't change it it rains a couple hundred inches in places that sounds like a lot it is a lot that's (laughs) why i live in montana my wife thought that was too much um your wife from alaska she grew up in oregon and thought it rained too much there so (laughs) y'all dabbled in all the all the rainy habitats but so in August, we'd try and get up and then, yeah, just walk in the alpine until you saw them and then just try and stalk in closer. Um, in September, as that vegetation started to die, they'd, they'd tumble off into the kind of into the jungle. And it became hard to find mature bucks in September, in my opinion. You well, can still find be, them. It has to be next to impossible. I mean, they're in the... Yeah, I mean, you could still glass up open areas, but they were less responsive to a call. But that time of year, or in August, September, October, into November, if you blow a fawn bleat... Yeah, what is this call you keep talking it's, about? It's a fawn bleat. That's all it is. I mean, think... Fawn in distress. Yeah. It's like a... Blah. Yeah. And, and we actually usually just put a leaf in our mouth. That's how we did it. Wow. And they literally, if they will hear it, they will run you over. And f- it's just... Is it like a a maternal instinct or like they're coming they think i what i'm picturing is this deer thinks a bear is probably killing its offspring and it's rushing to the rescue it it, it must because i mean they literally can almost run you over uh, and, and it works anytime yep and until they start to rut or post rut is about the only time it'll quit working huh um, but as you get into the rut post rut their does are pregnant yeah the bucks and, are exhausted they're like yeah. whatever man eat that one but in the rut if you and you know pre-rut as well you blow that fawn bleat and you can get the does come in but the bucks will not necessarily run in but they sneak in they're people, very callable i've heard of people uh doing this in montana with mule deer i've actually in these mountains you can see from your house here called in a mule deer i shot when i drew that tag so. trying to call some black bears this spring yeah and called in more deer and elk than I did so, bears. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's amazingly effective. And, you know, when you're 10 years old and there's a deer standing 10 feet away from you. Yeah. And and it takes you three minutes to get your gun stable. <laughs> and it stands there and waits for you. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to shoot that. It, and you would get 25, 30 pounds of meat off of a doe. I oh, mean, they're, wow. they're tiny deer. Well, so my experience with sick of blacktails are north of there uh uh often around kodiak and they're shockingly big to me um or the you think the blacktails in southeast are small my understanding is they are slightly i mean i think a big one is 120 to 150 pounds on the hoof yeah and so that's again 45 maybe 50 pounds of meat at most so you could easily in august backpack hunting you could shoot two of them because yeah. you got six tags in your pocket <laughs> yeah. as a resident. And there were times when me and my best friend would shoot four deer a day. And, you know, it was, it was a load lug to get out, but you could do it. Um, when did you 
experience your first goat hunt? What was your introduction to mountain? So I, I'd been asking my dad to do it for had probably a couple of years. He he had got one in the place we like to go. You, know, you could glass, you know, from a spot in town. And it's kind of a pyramid-shaped mountain, and three sides of the pyramid were sheer cliffs. But one of the spines of that pyramid mm -hmm. was this kind of rolling, stair-stepped alpine thing. And if you glassed goats on that ridgeline at night, you could the next morning get get an early start, go about two miles across this lake, and then climb up. And they were usually still on there where mm. you had a pretty good chance, if you could anchor them, of them not falling. Yeah, and that's that's always the, the catch-22 yeah, goat hunting. For sure. Like, I could shoot it, but I don't yeah. know if I'm ever going to see it again. Well, shooting these tiny deer, my th dad always said, you know, shoot them through the lungs. Don't shoot them in the shoulder because you're going to ruin half the meat. Yeah. So it was never a high shoulder shot was nothing. We Honestly, we shot a lot of them in the head because they're... 10 feet away from you I'm, wow. and i'm not exaggerating at 10 feet maybe 20 yards sure. sometimes no it's some it's some thick country and if those deer are so, coming in hot to a call yeah. i can totally see that but there had been a, a landslide the year my dad and i did it and we got it was a hellacious climb about 3,000 vertical feet so did you see some goats up and, on and this we ridge? and we we got to this goat and he was at 200 yards bedded down a nice billy and he didn't let me shoot it. Like, I couldn't have packed it out. I don't think he could have packed it out in the time we had. Smart and, man. And I think I've beat myself up the rest of my life because of that. Because <laughs> he, he didn't like packing uphill. And I'll, I shoot most of my elk hunting downhill and packing uphill probably because of that. But he, he was a lot smarter than me for sure. Um, so we passed on that one that year. But I was hooked. And I think it was two years later uh, in october how old are you at this point uh 14 okay you're yeah. a young teenager yeah. yeah and you're with your dad out yeah. doing and, and and a and a good buddy uh we we went after him kind of the same same exact place we glassed him what did it look like day. as a resident uh for a permit on Baranoff as a kid what, what every like? over the counter every 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 year. resident could just go get over a goat tag anytime you want go hunt yeah. a mountain goat yeah wow same and, with the brown bear yep I think there was a four-year wait if you were successful in your harvest. Sure. Um, for the bear. For the bear. But, yeah, you could – I I essentially seriously hunted mountain goats for 10 years and shot nine. Wow. All on um, bear enough? Yeah. You did? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was so, just it was just something people did, you know. So back back yeah. up uh, to the first one. Old. You're fourteen, and you and you pass. Your dad makes you pass. That was when I was 12, when I was 14. <laughs> We 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 get up in this this ridge kind of stair steps. It's really steep, and then there's a bench that varies, you know, from 20 yards to 100 yards wide. And when I say a bench, it's still steep. But we finally peek over one, and this goat's bedded about 100 yards away, and and we're laying prone, and we're like, my dad's like, one goat, one several? goat all by himself. Yeah. My dad's like, it's a Billy, take him. And I I I I don't remember where I aimed, if I'm perfectly honest, but I missed, and it stood up. What happened? I blacked out. Yeah. My buddy right next to me shoots. He misses. I get another shot. The goat's just standing there. He never bolted. And I, I'd like to say this is where I was aiming, but probably not. <laughs> right between the eyes. Just pancaked him. He is fell this down. Is the photo you sent me today? Yes. Boy, I zoomed in and I could tell something was so, wrong. So, I mean, something he, he pancaked and he's on this beautiful little bench and he's sitting there and then he quivers and he somehow rolls his legs up over 
and gets enough momentum to Uh-oh. roll again. And he's coming right down towards us, and we're going to be fine. But there's one rock on the hill, and he hits that. And now he's got some speed, and that rock bend, bends him 45 degrees, and he's off the cliff, and there, we have no hope of getting him. Oh, no. So he fell probably two, 300 feet and oh. then slid. In a, and we didn't know this. We didn't know if we'd be able to retrieve him. We, we tried to work our way to the cliff, couldn't do it. Ended up backing down about 1,000 vertical feet and wrapping around into the valley he had fallen into. And this becomes a theme in my first few goat hunts, by the way. When we get to him, turns out I we knew he was dead, but I had only one horn was on him. The other one was flopping and loose. and It was know, there, though? It was there, attached to him. So, yeah, it's yay, we got him. Graphic photo. Yeah. You it, can tell this thing has... It looked like he got shot in the he, head. He, he hammered pretty good. Um, but I, I don't know if you noticed, we were hunting in Levi's cotton T-shirts and rubber boots either. Dude. <laughs> in, in wet country, yeah. I don't know how we didn't die. Well, you um, didn't know any better. No. Like, that's when people talk about no. mountain men. Yeah. They're like, oh, mountain men are so yeah. tough. Like, they're just as tough as people today. Yeah. They didn't know what Gore-Tex was. No. Like, this conversation has been had several yeah. times. But So – Here's where this is. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in the hills. You got we, we, go It took after. us three and a half-ish hours to get to it. We take that picture and we're like, all right. And we start breaking it down. And we ju- we caped it and just did, you know, a, a rug without the head just to keep the hide. This is October 1st. So yeah, he, he was aired ter- up pretty good. It did good. look like it in yeah. the photo, yeah. So I, I cut the horn off. I'm going to keep the horn. We're all done. The meat's, you know, broken down, boned out, and meat sacks. And our packs are just about loaded. The, the hide is rolled up in a pa- ball. What kind of pack you had? Oh, external metal pack frame. Yeah, a frame, yeah, an yeah, aluminum yeah, frame. Yeah. yeah. So my the, the, the hide's rolled up, then my dad's loading his pack. Right above him is my buddy, and then I'm the highest up loading my pack, holding on to the horn. And out of the corner of my eye, by this point, there's birds on the cliffs above us. It's been five hours since I shot it. Sure. Something comes flying out of the corner of my eye, hits my friend in the back of the neck, bounces over the top of him and lands on the goat hide and i'm like oh my god he he's, is he okay like, a like rock a, came a rock, off yeah, yeah a rock that, come down. they look at me like they're gonna kill me like what the hell did you do that for and i was like what are you okay and they're like why'd you throw the horn at him i was like i got the horn right here in my left hand five hours later a minute or two or three before we leave a bird must have knocked the other horn off the cliff get out of here and it didn't it bruised his neck <laughs> didn't really cause any damage you can't Um, make that up you can't i mean it was just insane so he ended up keeping that horn so my first goat i only have one horn of and he was you know he was eight and a half inch billy i mean he was i we never scored it because i don't know how wide it was you think a bird uh, that's the only thing that makes sense to me but yeah so that lucky it didn't catch oh i mean it it, i was scared and they're like ready to kill me i was uh I was on a mountain goat capture project in Washington a couple of years ago. And we had this big billy hobbled up in the back of a truck that a helicopter had just dropped off to us. And we're taking it to a, a processing, spite, uh, processing site. And then ultimately it's going to get relocated, collared and relocated. But anyways, I'm in the back of this truck holding on to this like, I don't know, 250 pound billy, big full grown billy. And I'm kind of holding him around the neck. And he's hobbled up and blindfolded. And luckily, he had pieces of garden hose plugged onto his horns. All of a sudden, this thing does a big rear with his head. And one of those garden hose punches me in the jugular vein. Like, hard enough that, like, there was a circular mark of where the hose had 
hit me. And one of those moments where, like, you saw, like, you think how bad it could have been. And, like, if you have this, like, private moment with yourself, you're like, I could have just died. No one one saw that happen, but that was super hardcore (laughs) and super scary. And uh, that's a common theme in goat hunting, but usually not when you're on flat ground. Yeah, I know. Working one up. Yeah. Usually they're dead. (laughs) Yeah. This one was alive. Yeah. Yeah, that you've same, done you've done something I've never done there for sure. That same goat uh at the release site got out got prematurely uh released from the team while it still had its blindfold on. And so everybody there's a lot of like interns and like young yeah. young college yeah. kids that are kind of in charge of this thing and uh standing around everybody's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The hobbles are off and he's standing we're in a campground. And he's standing in the middle of this campground, and I just went and spear tackled it. Oh, jeez! And it was able to <laughs> knock it over. And luckily, once I got him over, like eight people dove on, and, and then we we hobbled him again okay. and got the blindfold off and stuff. Huh. But I'm glad the horn didn't hit your friend in the yeah. back. Yeah, it sounds like he deserves to keep that horn. Yeah, it, it, it's it was crazy. So I still have that hide uh, in my house today. And yeah. So I mean, we I just hand it loose. Um, yeah. But, um, next year, same, same mountain, same thing, clear when we started hiking, probably within a hundred yards of it, come up over a rise and the fog rolls in and I'm like, Oh God, we're never going to find it. I mean, we're talking talk, 50 talk, yards of visibility. Talk me through this hunt again. It's something you can see from home or see you can, town. you can, you can drive to it. And then it's about a two mile boat ride across the, a lake. So and you're glassing up goats. And from then you're getting yeah. in a boat, yep, and driving over, and then climbing up. Just an aluminum skiff with like a four horse, so you know it takes a while to go across the lake. Oh but, yeah, um, there's only really one way to get there, and, and again, it wasn't there wasn't too much Devil's Club, <laughs> just oh. relative. So it, to, it, I know very well yeah. what that is. Yeah. Tell, tell me, for tell the listener what Devil's Club is. It is. It's proof that uh, Satan exists. Yeah. I think. <laughs> There's an elevation band in southeast Alaska where this spiky thing that ha- it has thorns on the roots, the stem, and the leaves, and they do not feel good. What we learned to do, and this would be a pro tip, is take, like, um, leather welder's gloves, mm, climb and you it. can actually grab a hold of it and not get steered, speared by it. Um, the other thing to do is to step on it, which flattens mm. it out but it's a pain and then if the person behind you doesn't know and you take your foot off it flies up so it's often in yeah. like steep thick country going through alders and stuff yeah. and uh my experience with it is i didn't know i was in devil's club until i grabbed, grabbed it. it and yeah. yeah it's probably a little easier to remove the spines than you know a prickly pear but it's it's similar to that but just a lot more of them yeah so year two you're yeah. doing the same hunt you're crossing the water yeah. and going after the i mean it's goats. it's three plus hours to climb up into the goat country and then you're just kind of peeking up over each ledge hoping it's there working through some shelves yeah some goat country and fog rolls in we got like 40 yards of visibility and that's the end of the hunt is my thought but we we had one we were kind of on a steep pitch and i was like let's just get up on the next bench and we'll we'll sit down there i i come over this little rise and i kid you not goats bedded down 30 yards Mm. And I just raised up and shot him. And similar to your first one. You, you th- that one was blue sky, perfect weather. This one was more typical of southeast Alaska. You found him in a cloud. Yeah. And 
I, I double lunged him. I mean, he was dead on his feet, but we were, you know, 150 yards from the drop off, the same drop off as goat number one. And he disappeared in the fog, so there was no opportunity or follow-up. But we were able to track him, great blood, and actually found where he, he collapsed but had enough momentum to go over. So we're like, all right, we know what to do. You, you, it's all yeah. it's all uh, happening yeah. again. Yep. Different friend this time. And yeah, because well, that first one yeah, wouldn't come back. No, he, <laughs> honestly, I don't think he ever did climb that mountain again. Only a few um, of us have yeah. this sickness. Yeah. So – uh, he had both horns. Uh, I just skull capped him, and actually, this one was an August hunt, and I I did bring that hide out. You did. And what's the hide look like in Southeast it's, Alaska it's, in August? It's perfect. You know, it's not got the big clumps of shed hair. It's all shed off at that point, but it's maybe an inch and a half long at that. It's it's like a deer hide, honestly. That's white. Them billies are uh, look better quicker in late summer than the nannies, yeah. and I have a theory there. Uh, so nanny, like late July, if you go climb a mountain, you'll see nannies with a kid with the, this year's kid. And they'll have those big slabs of hair falling off of them. And they look like a mess. They look like, uh, a, a soccer mom that is like late to soccer practice and distraught and so, 10 things gone. They look very, uh, preoccupied with other things besides how they look. Yeah. They need a spot day for sure. They need to spot it. But then Billy's have not been raising kids all summer, and they're all slicked off. Yeah. When you look at the goats across the landscape in late July and into August, yeah. the ones that are clean and don't have big slabs of hair coming off of them are Billy's. Yeah. And my theory is that the, well, the, yeah. mom, the moms are too busy wrangling these kids around yeah. to, to work on their appearance. Yeah, that, I've never given it that much thought, but I, I buy it. Yeah, so. I, I think about a lot of things yeah. up there. No, you do, for sure. <laughs> so I think I think now I'm – I think actually I started when I was 15. I got the first one. Now I'm 16. Next year, um, you got same the, thing. You got yeah. the buck. Yeah, you're yeah I, I'm every August I'm, I'm starting out as soon as I can. And uh, How late does goat season go? It would go to the end of December. Okay. So – I'll never forget it. It was August 15th. My buddy and I, we actually did it on our own without our dad. And so we know how to get up the mountain. We know they're there. This time we had glassed about 12 of them the and night you know, before. You know where to go when yeah. you fall into the hell zone. There, There's that. Um, I'm thinking I should shoot him in the head or something. Or, Typical but, Alaskan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we this, this climb is not easy. It's you know, more time on the vertical than the horizontal is how we like to put it. You're every step you're going up a lot. Yeah. You said it was in, r- roughly 3000 yeah. vertical feet. That's a, yeah. if it, you're not familiar with climbing off trail through Alaskan jungle, 3000 vertical feet is a full day. Yes. So we get up there and we have a beautiful bluebird day. And, and again, I, I'm kind of know what to do. You, you, you glass each of these little benches and then you climb the steep until it kind of flattens out a little bit. Right. This was, I, I wish I was a bow hunter at this time, but I was not. <laughs> I put my eyeballs over this ledge, and it would look like your dog laying on its side with its head down. All I see is this white belly and four legs pointed at me at eight yards. Sleeping. S- dead to the world. <laughs> Winds in my face gently. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And all around it, I see white. So, I mean, I just have my hat and my eyes above the horizon. So, I duck down. What and do I'm, you mean all around? There's more goats. There's more goats. Yeah, okay. So I tell my buddy, they are right there. And we, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, they are right 
there. Like, so, I don't know how else to so say this. So we quietly as we can, we rack one in each and we get side by side and we raise up. And we are not glassing these to determine sex. We are looking at them with our eyeballs because we have, I think it ended up being 11 or 12 goats within 50 yards of us. Wow. The, and we can see one is a really nice billy. And then there's two others that are kind of a family group, pretty close. Um, and, and it was, there was some nannies and kids and it was kind of, I don't know why they were all together this time of year, August 15th, but they were. Yeah. You'll see and, that in goat and sheep. You would never see that in deer and elk, no. which is interesting. Yeah. They, they don't always bachelor up like that. So we're sitting there and finally the one, my buddy is kind of wanting to shoot, um, gets wise to us and actually stood up out of his bed. He's like, I got to shoot it. And so he shoots. And the one that's dead to the world, eight yards from us, sits up, and he's similar. I mean, very big, mature, old billies. And even at eight yards, I make the same mistake, and I double long him. This so time— Tell me, why Why is that a mistake? Because I did not anchor him on the flat spot. I allowed him to get on his feet and start running towards, you guessed it. So double the, a double long shot sounds like something as a hunter we strive for. And, and I, I feel and, great about the shots, but— But. You're— taking a lot of risk when you get close to a cliff you're risking meat loss trophy loss maybe i can't get to him at all and so the solution to that is to probably high shoulder high shoulder or spinal or head yeah something that just completely knocks the lights out of them and they don't even blink which as i told you with my first goat is not 100 percent effective at like, keeping them yeah, off this of a whole, cliff this whole story that yeah. whole theory collapses yeah. with the first but goat. it would have worked at eight yards so my goat takes off towards the cliff. I shoot him again. I can tell I made a good hit. He's starting to stumble, but he's getting close to where he gets off the flat and it starts to roll. I take off after him. Meanwhile, the one my buddy shot ran right back at us and started straight down the ridge Perfect. behind us. So that one's probably good. He's in, I, <laughs> That one got in the yeah. boat for you. I hear him shoot while I'm going after mine, and I finally get to this edge of this cliff, and the goat is, again, probably 10 feet below me on a bench about the size of your kitchen table and the cliff goes beyond him. Mm. I was like... Is he dead or dying? No, he's standing. He's wobbling. And maybe I could have backed off and let him lay down and got him, but instead I actually put one in his neck. You did? And, and I anchored him. And he kicked and tumbled. Three years in a row. You'd think I'd learn. Yeah. I can't believe you're still into goat hunting yeah. at this point. So Most people would have tucked their tail and never gone back up there. So this is three years straight. And <laughs> I, I, meanwhile... I turn around and my buddy's a hundred yards down the hill and he is holding on to his goat by both horns. Mm. It's about to roll off. Tie it off. And so he's reaching for a 45 he had in a chest rig. He'd set his rifle down trying to shoot it again. Oh, it's still alive. It's, it's, I mean, it's dead on its feet, but. Oh my God. So he's got a goat that's still alive. And so I'm running down there to try and help him. And it did expire before he had to shoot it. And by the time I got there, yes, we were able to both kind of lift it up on to a flat enough spot and then tie it off. So I didn't even leave, tell you that on the climb up about an hour above the lake, I'd shot a big Sitka blacktail. No, you left that out. Yeah. (laughs) Which I, I had, and I didn't even need the meat. I, I wanted one more animal for school that year. And um, What does that mean? I You know, how much are you going to eat in a year? I, I for usually, school? Well, I was going to college this year. I was about to take oh, off. And yeah. you wanted to go yeah. to college yeah. with the proper amount of yeah. venison. But I had a family friend who wanted a deer. There you so go. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll shoot this one for Jerry. Mm-hmm. And and so we shot it, gutted, and left. Again, it's 50 degrees. Yeah, you're, it's, it's you're going to come totally, back to totally it. It's totally fine. We, have, we only have one way to go. So... We we uh, 
we cape his goat out, get all the meat out. By the time you throw a mountain goat hide on your back, just the hide and head, what is it? 80 pounds, 70 yeah, pounds well, a lot of times? What time of year? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a full it's, load. It's a full load. And the meat of a big mature belly is very similar. A full load, yeah. So I take his hide, he takes his meat, and we know we got to drop down 1,000 feet before we climb up 500 feet to where we hope to find mine. And so we take all of his stuff down, stash it, go get mine. And actually, he was in pretty good shape. Knowing I had a deer to carry, I actually left the hide on the mountain. Not many goat hunters leave hides on the mountain. Yeah. It became a theme for me. I, I think I left them, well, a number of them. But yeah. in this situation, I got a deer and a mountain goat to yeah, carry I out. I don't blame you. This priority on other things. So, but we get mine clean. We get back to his, and we try to somehow carry just his hide in the meat from two goats, and we can't physically stand up and do it. So he starts leapfrogging down. You know, he'll carry the meat down, dump Shut, it. Shuttle in some things. Go up and get the hide. And yeah. and I helped. I did a couple leapfrogs with him. You know, we got three loads between two of us, which is working good until we get to my deer. Mm. And now we each have to leapfrog. I actually, we're still in metal aluminum pack frames, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, those Sitka Blacktail, if There's you've ever place, seen it. Th those aluminum frames, man. You can carry a load. but People used them for a reason. Walking through brush and alder choked hell holes, they're not great because yeah. there were times when you'd get yeah. hung up by the top oh, yeah. loop. Oh, yeah. So I did not uh, butcher the deer. You can turn those Sitka blacktails into a pack and just carry it whole. Yeah, tell and, me about that because I've heard uh, about people doing this. Essentially, you, you leave the, the hindquarters alone, but kind of where the bend of the shank is, there's a little flap of skin you can make a little notch in. Then you take the front the, leg. The front leg, yeah. Split it kind of, you know, if it was on its feet, you would split it vertically, the hair, the hide, yep. until you expose that joint. And then you break the joint, believe the hide from the hoof to the front quarter intact. Mm -hmm. But then you can take that shin bone, or essentially, or wrist bone, and pull it out, and it forms a T. So the hoof is on one side, the bone's sticking out, and you oh, got this. Wow. So then you feather that hoof through that slot in the hind quarter. And you've just turned it into a backpack. So you can put, yeah. you can, you can carry a deer like a backpack. Correct. Wow. Is it comfortable? No, but it's doable. And the nice thing is a lot of times when we were deer hunting, we didn't have a backpack. We, <laughs> we'd throw a candy bar in our pocket and just go. And just plan on yeah. carrying the deer out. Yeah, like that way. So we tried leapfrogging for a while and it just became obvious we were not going to get out before dark, which is like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So we end up hanging the deer hide or the goat hide and the deer in a tree. Yeah. Still have to drop like a thousand vertical feet down to the lake. How much are you worried about bears in this area? You know, that time of year, not too much. The salmon were running. They're so they're, they're probably not going to be up in this country too much. But who knows? Until they are. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> the thing about bears. You yeah. never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. So... We, I mean, I've never been at this point as physically tired as I am by the time we hit the boat, go across the lake, have to carry the stuff up from the lake, you know, 20 feet to the car. You can't hardly stand up. Knowing we have to turn around the next morning and go do it again. Were you able to go home that night? We did. We went home, got that, got that stuff, you know, chilling down and, uh, yeah, slept in a little bit. And the next morning went across the lake, climbed you know, thousand plus feet I again. Had to get the deer and the other goat. Got the deer and the deer was fine. The goat hide was fine. Yeah. And so. I have, uh, I've tried to pack all the meat of a mountain goat on my back and hold the hide in my arms before. Okay. It doesn't last long. No. 
No, uh, I, I can get through. You're, you're skipping ahead to goat number four, actually. Well, let's just dive right <laughs> into it. So, so another continuous here. Yeah. So, that's you, so you, what did you like about it? What did you like about this goat hunt? You were, you were savvy with the deer hunting and the salmon fishing, but the goat hunting was different. The challenge, for sure, the country. I just, I love being in the alpine, like yeah. the mountain hunter would. And, um, and the animal. It, it's just spectacular where it lives and thrives is just, how how can it even do that? Yeah. It I makes got, no sense. I, there's not an animal on planet Earth that I respect more yeah. than a mountain goat. Just yeah. like the, the ruggedness, the durability, the yeah. durability and the, and the places that they thrive in uh, are proof. Yeah we're nothing yeah they make they're just so it's so uh admirable how how they thrive and succeed in the places that they do uh, my favorite line is uh the, the mountain goat hunt starts where the sheep hunt yeah ends. and it's, that's good yeah it is it's not it's always, not to take anything away it's from not sheep. always true yeah. but it's yeah. usually yeah. pretty true yeah so i just i love that country and and i i actually had some hunts where i got on goat. i did climb that same mountain one more time and we actually got again about 50 yards from a goat but he was on the cliff mm. and and actually they had always fallen off the left side of this ridge just was on the right side and i don't think i could have retrieved him so i'm 50 yards from a mature billy you passed and we passed well good on you yeah and that was hard to do but you know fortunately a little wisdom had seeped in by then uh you so. have you been off barren off yet nope no, nope, this is all barren off. This, I, I mean, I know, but as a, as a kid, as, a, uh, as an adult, nope, a young adult. Nope. I mean, some of the other small islands around. Our cabin wasn't actually on but you're barren a, off you're island. A sick, but yeah. sick kid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm shooting my six deer and, you know, fishing in the summers. Yeah. You know, and still going to school and, you know, playing sports and having a normal life as far as that goes. But as far as <laughs> being in, in Alaska in the goes. Fall, yeah. you're you're uh, tempting fate yeah. climbing up into the alpine and hunting yeah. these mountain goats. So year four, I actually, we decided to try a new mountain. Um, you could actually go on this one from town. And it, we went on, an, no on a deer hunt, correct. It was about a four or five mile walk up a valley. And then you climbed the 2,000 feet up. And and it was an alder choked hell hole. You know, that's very cool. good description of them. Yeah. But when you get above it, you're in the alpine. And uh, there was three of us. Uh, we shoot two nice blacktail bucks in the velvet and we're all excited and we're sitting there cleaning it and damn if we don't see a mountain goat about a quarter mile away pop up <laughs> we're like hmm you're like and i love these things <laughs> Let's we're go like yeah this. i, I we're like my buddy who uh he had actually shot the goat and wrestled it onto the mountain uh, he hadn't shot a deer that day but he was with me so we're like well dude we've got a deer each that's your goat let's go and we yeah. take off and get there and it turned out it was a nanny with the kid mm. And so we didn't know it until we were about 100 yards and getting shot, set up to shoot. And she stood up, and, and it was just right behind her. Yeah. So we let her walk. But now I'm like, wow, there's goats here, and I don't need a boat. Different part of the island. Yeah. 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 Actually, pretty similar. Do you know the history of the Baranoff goats when they were introduced? I, I want to say the 30s, okay. but I, I don't know for sure. Um, that's a that, that's a popular narrative yeah. of the 20s and 30s yeah. across America. Yeah. It seems like wildlife managers – that was the plan is move them around introduced all sorts yeah. of stuff all over the place yeah we don't do it as freely anymore yeah there wasn't as much testing and as much paperwork and yeah. probably uh it's harder to do today well god you're you're taking them off mountains and places and wrestling them so <laughs> <laughs> um 
but f there's no plan to do that on Baranoff Island that I'm aware of, and I hope there never is. So year four, we stumble into a goat in a place I didn't think there'd be a goat. Right. And a week or so goes by, my, my buddy John, uh, who'd been with me on some of my other adventures, is working a job in town, and we have a bluebird day. I'm done commercial fishing. I got a week or so before I head off to college. Your family have a boat, or you work uh, with people's boats? Yeah, fishing with my dad. Guild netting. Uh, just trolling for salmon. Trolling? Yeah. And like reeling them in on a fishing rod? Uh, so you're hydraulically dropping lines down. Okay. And you're running, you know, depending on the time of year and the species, 40 to 100, say 60 hooks. And oh, you, wow. So you're, you're it's, it's like getting paid to go sport fishing. Is it like a trout line? Like a no, you're trolling two and a half or so miles an hour. Oh, wow. And you're, you're dragging them behind you. But it, there's a big metal cable you clip the the line on to. Zip them in. Yeah. So hydraulically, you run up to 60-pound lead. Uh, it's behind the boat and unclip these hooks well, as you go. Well, that's a whole a whole nother That's a different podcast for yeah, sure. Yeah, man. We're going to have to talk, we're gonna have to talk but about that. It, it was a great summer. So job, always, but I, I always had a couple weeks between the time that ended and the time I started college. And these, these are really my college years where I'm really getting serious about goats yeah. and hunting yeah so i it it eats on me that that goat was up there and i was like there's got to be more that so, name that name yeah he stumbled in yeah. yeah so about a week goes by and i was like i'm going again and i called john he's like dude i gotta work and he's like dude, the weather's perfect we gotta leave he's like i, I gotta work man i'm sorry and so I think I was up at 3 a.m., you know, long days in August. It does get dark in southeast, unlike, you know, further north where you sure. spent time. But, um, which, again, maybe doesn't speak to my sanity. I had to walk three miles of a salmon stream in the dark by myself <laughs> in brown bear country. Brown bear So uh, made a lot of noise, never had a problem. But you went alone. I did. Because John and, couldn't go. Yep. And damn if I don't get up there. And this, this is – one of the low lights of my hunting career, if I'm being perfectly honest, okay. but it, it all ended up okay. But I, I, I glass a goat up as soon as I break out, he's probably a mile away and he's, he's in a, as pretty a spot to kill a goat as you can. As soon as you break out into the, alpine. into the Alpine, got, I, I, I can see the ridge yeah. going out to me, you know, to the horizon essentially. And I, I'm like, Oh my God, he's on top. I can get to him. He's on the other side of this giant snow field. Mm -hmm. And as I, make my stock i i lose sight of them but um pop up and there's a kind of a little finger ridge that walks out maybe 200 yards and then drops off vertically 100 feet to the snow field and it's kind of like i'm shooting across a valley filled with snow sure and he's bedded down and this is you know in the 90s there's no range finder i'm shooting a fixed power uh, you know four power scope on a 30 out six mm-hmm and I get prone, and I'm trying to judge the distance. There's absolutely no way I can get closer. I'm cliffed out. I can go around the cliffs and get on the snowfield real easy, yeah, but, but he's going to see me coming. It is what it is. He's going to see me coming. Yeah. So I was like, I think he's two, two and a quarter. And so, I mean, this is back when you sighted your rifle and two inches high at 100 yards. You there know, you go. You, so that's still yeah. point and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I got him. And I shoot, and he stands up out of his bed, and he is not hit. And I was like, God, I had to have hit under. I don't have anybody spotting for me either, so. I put it on his on his spine of his back. Try to drop and, it in and, there. And take a shot. And I've done this. I've practiced out to 300, which I usually don't have to take. Again, in Sitka Blacktail country, it's rare you're shooting 50 yards because you're in a jungle. That sounds like some of them are inside yeah. 10. Yeah. So this is where I feel awful, but I, I shoot at his back, and I hit his hoof and break his ankle. Ah. So we're talking three-plus feet of drop. 
and I've never taken a shot. I've been back there and Google Earth it now. He ended up he was probably five hundred. Oh my gosh. And way out there. way beyond anything I and, and I'm eighteen, nineteen and I'm a dumb kid, but I also have like God he's injured now. I I gotta yeah. shoot. I'm not gonna let oh, him suffer. Like horribly and yeah. That's and terrible. and so I start shooting I had my gun held five and I had twelve in my holster and I can tell you i shot all 17 of those rounds and he's still going oh man. and i'm just sick to my stomach i dropped my pack about 100 yards behind me so i ran back to my pack got another box out go back you're just belt feeding these bullets and i'm trying and i i could tell i was hitting him but he's moving too and it's just i'm well, not i'm not an experienced long distance shooter to begin with let's speak to so. the goat's durability quick yes uh, I, the mountain goat is arguably the most bulletproof animal in north america um i've seen mountain goats which is which is why you probably grew to do the this uh neck or high, high shoulder, shoulder or yeah. even a headshot yeah. because these animals can soak up some lead like something you've never seen before um and then on top of that i think all mammals um maybe you've seen this when they know they're dying they don't want to die yeah when they don't know what's going on, they die really fast. Yeah. As soon as as soon as they kind of lock their knees, and and flood themselves with the adrenaline and just the pure desire to stay alive, uh, they can. Yeah. You could keep you could punch them in the lungs over and over and over again, and they're just gonna stay alive for, for and, longer. And and a, and a goat's gonna try and get on a cliff where he's safe. That's, That's right. his safety net. And so I, I'm I'm sick to my stomach, but I know I, I know I finally mortally wounded him, but I'm just trying to anchor him again. Seventeen shots in, and I th- I think I don't know how many I'd hit him honestly. A I couple, mean, yeah. No, I think it ended up being nine times I'd hit him. Oh my gosh! And you know some of these were back, some of them. I don't care if the old yeah, nine were in the yeah, hoof. It, but I finally shoot, and he he falls, and he rolls only like twenty feet. I was like, oh my god, I got him! Thank God. So now I'm like, thank God, I'm, I'm picking up this pile of brass. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm kind of grateful. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's littering at that point. Here, I, I, to be honest, I swore at that point I would never tell anybody what had just happened, and I'm here glad, I am telling you I'm on glad, the air. Uh, I'm so, glad this is a safe spot. Well, I, I go get my pack. I get up. I get down off this little finger ridge onto the snowfield and look up. He's on his feet again. Oh no. And he's not moving fast. But now that I'm on the snow field, I can make good time. And I sprinted across, you know, that 400 yards of snow, essentially, and um, and was able to get in range easily and shot him wow. one final time, and he was down and done. So here's where, like you, I'm solo. I'm, I'm a good six miles from the rig, mm-hmm. 2,500 feet up. And I think I want the hide. So... I, I, I cape it out and I get all the meat and I I threw the meat in the backpack and then tied the hide to the back of the backpack, Oof. which makes you so back heavy. Oh. But I, I tried it because I was going downhill and I start off and I don't know, like you said, you don't go far, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a quarter mile. It wasn't too bad on the snow field, but then I got to some flats and even a little climbing. I was like, nope not talk, gonna happen you talk yourself into those situations yeah. like i've tried to haul two elk quarters yeah several times i've tried to haul two elk quarters at the same time like i got it yeah and you go you, you go 100 yards and you're like nope yeah you're like maybe i'm not yeah. prepared to say it out loud yeah but i cannot do this so i decide i come to another small snowfield i was like all right i'm gonna bury bury the hide just 
garbage sack it and bury it and throw rocks over it so the birds hopefully don't get to it and I'll come back for it. Well, John and I had uh, decided that we had this little portable, you know, this is no cell phone era. We had a handheld VHF radio. So he took his to work and I took mine up the mountain, which was kind of, you could call the Coast Guard, you know, if you were in trouble. That was kind of our safety net back then. Yeah, it's like a... It's like the precursor to an uh, an inreach or something. Yeah, very much so. So I turn it on at noon, and I was like, dude, you won't believe what happened. He's like, tell me. I was like, I got one. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, but I can't carry the whole thing. He's like, wait five minutes. Five. John got to work that day, and it's a bluebird day, and he's trying. he was working construction, and he could see where I was from his work site. Yeah. And he said he made it like a half hour, hour. He goes – can I have the day off? He's like, what? You know, to his foreman, his boss. He's like, dude, my, my buddy's up there, and I I, I just got to go. <laughs> I think John was almost ready to walk off his job and quit. To come help you. But he takes off, and I, I call him on the radio, and he's five minutes away from me. Wait, hey, that timeline doesn't add up to me. I thought he was at work in town. Not when I called him. He was already he he, he he had so I had started at three a.m. I think he started at eight thirty or nine a.m. He just couldn't yeah couldn't take so it. here like, by noon like, he's ah. done the three hours up the valley <laughs> and done the climb and you know this ridge is narrow enough it was really easy for me to find a high point for him to find a high point it's like hey there you are but when you caught him on the radio you thought he was going I would thought he was at work. home at work yeah turns out turns he out right on your heels he, he was just about to break into the alpine that's a good friend he he's a keeper. Uh, He's the best man in my wedding, actually. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> so he shows up. I tell him the story. He's like, sweet. And he spent all this time just to run up there and immediately throws on the goat hide on his pack and packs That's it out around. for me. So, yeah, he, he's a keeper. Legend. So, yeah, don't pack goats by yourself. I, I've hey. got one other solo story, and it didn't to, go much better. To have a good friend, you got to yeah. be a good friend, man. Yeah. You got you to gotta yeah. show up for people. Um, well that, that's pretty cool. So that was your first solo goat. Yeah. Yeah. So number four, and I'm finally on a different mountain, mm-hmm. which became the new mountain. Uh, the next year I went in with one of my two brothers. Uh, were other people, was goat hunting popular in your community? Not very. There were definitely people who did it. There, there was a couple of guides, uh, who would take a, you know, maybe three clients a year kind of a thing, but, but I like don't the know. The locals that weren't going and getting after it like you were doing. Not not that many people that I knew, sure. and, I, and I probably would have known them. So, sure. Yeah, there was definitely people shooting them every year like I was, but deer, not a big Deer hand. hunting and salmon fishing has to be, like, yeah, hugely popular cultural yeah. activity, uh, but the goat hunting, maybe not. Well, and the weather. I mean, uh, each each of these times you had to hit weather windows with your time off because there's times when it's you cannot hunt. I mean, that's I right. shot one in 40 yards of visibility, but that's because I was already up there when it socked in. The fog, um, man. I've, the fog is uh, – the scourge of the mountain hunter. It's sheep goat for sure. You can't. Yeah. It's so frustrating because yeah. you're like, I got here, I worked my tail off, and I got here. I'm here. Yeah. It's daytime, and I can't see. Yeah. It's like the most. Uh, I don't know. You just yeah. feel gutted. It's yeah. like, man, I I can't. You can't do anything. Just belly up out here. I'm here. Yeah. I I got here. I'm in the right spot, and I can't see a damn thing. I might as well be at home. Yeah. So, year five, uh, my brother, who doesn't hunt as much as my other brother and I do, but he hasn't killed a goat. I was like, dude, you got to come up this new place. It's awesome. You can get there. It's easy, relatively speaking. And 
we get there and this one not much of a story because uh he shot and i thought he made a good shot i swear he hit it um but it's standing there and we all agree to each shoot you know to mm. help anchor it as you know get it down as fast as we can and i shoot and it falls down this is my first high shoulder shot if we're getting to that and go up there and there's only one hole in it your goat and i was like oh god here i am trying to get trying my brother's to first goat i'm trying to back him up and we each had a tag it was totally fine um sure but not the reason you went it, it ended up being a younger billy it was actually fairly easy to carry we left the hide on the hill so it was yeah yeah you keep so, the horns off all yeah yeah, yeah I, I just have them kind of skull capped sure on, i mean a lot of people have that wall with whitetail antlers in my garage like say, you have your garage i just have these kind of no plaques or anything just yeah, yeah. horns That's nailed to the wall cool. um next year was the only year in these college years i didn't get one i we tried to kill one between christmas and new year's way just, late season just to see how what kind of snow do you get on there you know the mountains get a lot in Sitka at sea level. There's years where it doesn't snow. Yeah, I was you know, say, you can't might imagine a lot. You might get ten inches to two feet, but then the next day it rains. But you're two get inches. Very wet and cold. Yes, which is just and, vicious. And this is where we were stupid. We, Avalanche wasn't even in our lexicon, mm. and yet we went up there. No snowshoes, crampons. We did have rope, and we found goats, but we could never get close to them or get to where we could shoot them and retrieve them. So. Eight, that's the one year I ate a goat tag because I got curious to see what one would look like. You know, I was going again going to college, so I'm just home for Christmas. So I was like, oh, we got a week. We can get her done. Yeah. And, and we climbed the mountain three well, times. The days are real short. Yeah, too. yeah. So um, next next year, actually deer hunting uh, with my other brother and a buddy who hadn't shot a goat. And I peek over a ledge and see a goat. And it's one of these things where goat shouldn't have been there. We were deer hunting in early, I think it was August 1st opening day. It's happened a couple times yeah. now. And it's a billy. And so I back off and I'm trying to signal my brother. They're like a hundred yards away to come over here. And this goat has about five feet to go to get into the brush and disappear from our lives forever. Hmm. And he doesn't know we're there and I'm trying to signal Do you him. see him do much of that? Going, because mountain normally, don't typically don't go into heavy vegetables. Normally not, but this, this particular kind of draw it was in was just heavily vegetable with these short scrub hemlocks and <laughs> a bedding yeah, area yeah maybe that's what it was but it's like a deer. um but again i'm like 40 yards from a goat and every inclination is to shoot it but i want them to shoot it and i this is probably why i didn't go into guiding you and i were talking about how i was here because <laughs> before they could get there the goat knew something was up and stood up and looked at me and started to take a step it's like he's gonna get away so Shooter. high shoulder shot anchored him shooter's gonna shoot Fla shooter's gonna shoot <laughs> So, uh, they, they did get some deer that day. So, I mean, again, pretty awesome to so have deer and goat hunt combo. You've high shouldered two of them now. Yeah. Was there like an epiphany or revelation where you're like, oh my God, you're like, I can, I can pull they, the power they, plug. They fall over and yeah. So, and, and I was getting a ton of meat still out of them. I wasn't ruining a lot. So. Anatomically um, mountain goat, you know, the top of their vertebrae are a bit like a, a small buffalo where they get the big dorsal yeah. fin. So there's a bit of a hump or a high, there's a yeah. bigger high shoulder to aim at than there is on a white tail. But again, I mean, I haven't even mentioned a lot of these goats I've shot offhand because I've been within 50 yards, which is not normal either. You right. Know, a lot of times they see you coming, but just the, just the way it's worked out. Yeah. Um, 
so this was on a completely different mountain. So I guess that was exciting. Um, I have been on three or four other successful hunts at this point. So I'm, I'm like into it, you know, I, I want to get mine, but I love getting other people theirs. And, um, were, were people in your friends and family group starting to like acknowledge that you were a goat? goat guy or no you just it's just what we were doing Every, i mean okay, i mean we didn't even think about it reality. it wasn't like yeah it was just like yeah you you want to go shoot you have to decide between a whitetail and a mule deer living in montana every year i was just like yeah. well, i can go shoot my deer and my goat yeah you didn't even think so, twice about it i didn't realize how unique that was in the world either i Turns was just oblivious out, yeah yeah people wait an entire lifetime for to, one of these to do this that i again i'm in my early 20s now and and i've yeah. got what six or seven six at a down i got six here on um, my notes yeah so uh number seven uh decided to go to a new mountain with john again and this time we actually were trying to get into backpack hunting um you know i don't know how much time we have but we had tried uh, uh on our own sheep hunt he was going to school in anchorage so he had a vehicle so we drove up into the alaska range and oh, cool. took off into the bush from a highway no clue what we were doing what did some of your gear look like on these? Uh, I I think I was still carrying rubber heli hands and rain gear. Not a bad choice. No. And, uh, you know, had some wool, so it was heavy. Um, it was not good, but we were young and dumb and, yeah. you know, went after it. And, you know, not to get too off the goats, but we found a ton of sheep, but we never found a full curl ram, which was necessary for it to be legal. But I was kind of like, that was the first seed of sheep getting sunk in me. Yeah. But now that we're, like, getting into more backpack hunting, all these other goat hunts have been day hunts. We decided to climb this mountain and camp a night. And You're like, I got yeah. we could implement yeah. these sheep hunting yeah. tactics yeah. on these goats. And so I'm actually pretty confident at sexting, sexing them at this point. And we, we get up on this mountain we've wanted to climb for years, and we walk in glass, walk in glass, and eventually turn up two goats bedded down together, you know, half mile away. And put a spotting scope on him and very clearly this one is a billy and he's laying on top of this rock it's it's a white rock the size of like a vw bus like very distinctive rock every other rock is gray hmm. and the nanny's kind of down to the side of it and we look at him and we're like all right let's go for that billy and john john didn't i, I don't remember why but he's like y you you shoot him this time you know and again good friend best man in my wedding yeah i'd say but we have to make a pretty big stock where we drop down, go around this big knob. We're out of sight from them for probably an hour and a half. Are you doing like one night out on this? This is, uh, we were prepared nights. for two nights. Yeah. But, um, you know, we'd camped when we broke out essentially into the Alpine, and here we are early the next morning. Was this again like a deer hunt and maybe we'll get a goat? This or? was hoping to get a goat, but we also would have shot a deer. Yeah. I mean, you, they're kind of in similar habitat overlap that It'll time of year. Barren off safari. Yeah. Well, we we make the stock. It couldn't have worked any better. I peek up over the ridge, 150 yards. Here's this giant white rock, and here's the goat laying there. So I lay prone and, uh, again, put one through the shoulder, and it just it was in its bed. It never got up. Perfect. Right on top of this flat spot on the white rock. Perfect. At which point, the billy steps up below the rock, and I oh, shot no. the nanny. They switched beds during oh. So it's the only nanny I've shot. And it was lesson learned. You don't assume i had all the time in the world i could have looked at her and sexed her again well, uh, but i didn't do it if you're not familiar with mountain goats um it's a horned species where both the males and females have very similar horns and they're you know 
anywhere from six to ten inch black horns on both the boys and the girls so sheep don't have this dilemma uh, no yeah. no antlered animal has this dilemma no. but mountain goats the boys and the girls can look very similar and if you want to learn more about identifying the gender of a mountain goat you should check out the rocky mountain goat alliance the best video, video ever made for I'm sure a, i'm a big fan yeah no old uh steve Rinella narrated yep. that yeah he, he did a great job on it he so did. I wrote the script. You, you, you. That was the real talent behind. The it. only thing you left out of that what? is one of the easiest ways to sex them. What? See their penis. And you actually talked about that with Becky on Buffalo. Oh, in gosh. August, you can see the sheath very commonly, but that wasn't in hey, the video. But I'm assuming people would real, know that. Real men don't don't, hunt don't look. Goats yeah. In August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can say. Just kidding. No. <laughs> so you you accidentally dumped over the nanny. Yeah, Oops. and 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 we having had the experience of shooting two goats and a deer together, it was we totally decided. Legal, though. Yeah, yeah, we we decided we are not going to shoot the second goat, and so we let it walk. But you could yeah, have though. We could have. He, he, he had a, he had his tag, and yeah. Yeah. But um, we ended up, you know, you're talking about. We ended up going all the way back to camp and all the way to the ocean that day. So wow. it was a it was a two day hunt. That was the longest goat hunt I've ever been on. Goodness. Um. You're stacking so, them up at this point. I so mean, at this point, I I think I lost my Alaska residency in the course of my education. And where'd you go think, to college? Uh, in Eastern Oregon, uh, where I did not big game hunt, but I became a big bird hunter. Oh really? I chucker hunted, which was essentially mountain gunning, mountain goat hunting for birds. Yeah, I've heard about <laughs> this chucker hunting. Yeah. Where you you got to climb a mountain and maybe you'll get like one or two if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would shoot a lot. I just wouldn't kill very many. Yeah. So. I got a, my buddy Yalmar down in uh, Utah is really into it. Yeah. And the way he pitched, the way I see him recap his chucker hunts and the way he tries to talk yeah. me into coming to yeah. it with him, he's like, it's it's awesome. It's like a sheep hunt and maybe we'll get a little one pound bird. At yeah. The end yeah. Of a pigeon sized bird. But maybe not. Yeah. I've done it, uh, I think. I think this this will be my 28th year, and uh, so I'm a, oh, I'm a chucker like addict. It. Yeah, I, I've got friends out there, oh, so wow. I, I still do it every year. Um, it's the big game hunting of upland birds. You know, on a college budget as a non-resident where I couldn't afford. Oh, is that what you it know, was? You know, I I mean, yeah. I, I didn't I I didn't think I could afford an elk tag or a deer tag. So so I, I did my uh, undergrad in Oregon, uh, ended up doing some uh, school in Seattle after that where I lost my Alaska residency finally. And um, went, came to Montana in 2003 mm. and became an alcoholic. Alcoholic. Elk, not alk. No, I Some heard, would I argue heard both. The, but I heard the E. Yeah. I, uh, you married at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I'd been married a couple years. My wife wanted to work on a master's, so Montana State University here in Bozeman. See, I'll move out over. here. And so I started working, and she started going to school. And um, – was able to get an elk the first three years and like, man, this is awesome. Pretty year, year four, I, I finally bought a bow and was able to get a bull that year. Oh, you had and previously gotten rifle three, three rifle. And then I think so, that's so I, 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 I got pretty confident and ended. I, every year I went into elk archery elk season, like no way I'm going to get another one. And I actually ran off 12 years straight. So I was pretty excited, like feeling pretty accomplished. It's counterintuitive yeah. to think that killing an elk with a bow and arrow uh, is easier than killing an elk with a rifle. But it, that's a true narrative. And most of these general 
general yeah, units. Yeah, these, these are these are all public land. Public land, general over the counter units. Day. Yeah, I, I will yeah. bet my bottom dollar yeah. that you have a better chance of killing one with a bow in September than you do with a rifle in late November. And what I've found is you just get to see and hear more and interact with them, which yeah, is half absolutely. the fun. So absolutely. So the the itch on goats kind of it never went away. I started applying in Montana, mm-hmm. um, but the odds are long. So in 2000 and I think 2016 I was like you know I I I can afford a non-resident goat tag in Alaska which I could still get over the counter because in Alaska you are required to hire a guide for mountain goats doll sheep and brown bear Mm -hmm. I know a guy and the exception to that is one uh, one separation of relations. So a father, son, brothers, it's called mother, nec- daughter. Next, next of, kin. of kin, yes. So I talked to my brother. And he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. So, uh, and I had a buddy, my main elk hunting buddy here had never been to southeast Alaska. So I was like, hey, let's let's go big. And so we actually chartered a, a beaver and flew into a lake with a Forest Service cabin. Same home island? On Baranoff Island, oh, wow. yeah. I'd, I'd flown into it with my family growing up. And so I, we, we had an incredible trip. We went in two days before the opener. August. Um, yeah. And we're at the cabin and we glassed, uh, I think a dozen mountain goats from the cabin. Wonderful. Uh, w- named one black ass, as you know, it was very common for billies to rub right. in their, their hind quarter would come black. And we actually watched them. And the other way to sex them, if you watch the video is how they urinate. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're a couple miles away, but I actually watched black butt take a leak and they kind of like a stock whore or a, a horse like a big draft uh, yeah horse. they they lean forward whereas the females will squat like a, a female dog yeah so i was like oh it's a billy and body wise he was bigger than the rest and so all the indicators yeah so uh we we climbed up and actually camped above the camp on july 31st august first rolls around his opening day mm. end up on the approach to the goats seeing one of the biggest blacktail deer i've ever seen this is and my buddy dilemma. yes <laughs> my buddy is there with a deer t- couple of deer tags and um i have a deer and a goat tag my brother has his six deer tags Everything, and a goat yeah. tag so we're like you got to shoot that deer and he's like okay and so he shoots it and another buck jumps out so my brother shoots that yeah you and, got your hands full and now the problem is as while we're taking care of them the fog rolls in all right oh no that was a mistake although honestly it wasn't because had we gone after the goats the fog would have rolled in before we got there but while you're processing these deer you're like man yeah. now now there's no chance we're gonna go get that big billy yeah so we we ended up going all the way back to this cabin with both deer getting them hanging and decided to take a different approach the next day dawned clear which we lucked out and it was it was the easiest physical goat hunt I've ever been on because it, we still climbed a couple thousand feet, but it was probably like a 20, 10 to 20 degree grade as opposed to 45, 50 degrees. Mm. And, um, we ended up finding, uh, finding black butt right where, you know, within a hundred yards of where he'd been. Interestingly, he had split off from all the nannies and kids. We never did see them. Hmm. And my brother was, he had shot some goats. He's like, yeah, your tag's more expensive. You shoot it. So, you know, I got all year. And so, good on him he he let me shoot it so that's that's number uh nine yeah good lord and so we had shot two deer day one this is second day of the season we shoot a goat we we tried to get on some deer on the pack out and pack i left the, the hide oh. yeah i left the hide on that one and so with three of us it was we, we were hunting back to the cabin 
Yeah, an August what? August first hide compared to a, a Thanksgiving or a December first yeah. hide are two very different yeah. things. Yeah. And now that I've got a couple, I don't really feel like sure. I need need more. So I, I tell some people that I've You're left there for the adventure. I've left seven hides on the mountain. They're like, You did what? And I was <gasps> like, Yeah. But again, just embarrassment of riches and opportunity for me yeah it's just it's just the it's just the reality of the circumstances yeah. that you were in. so this is 2016 oh the, by just to finish that trip up the next day we each shot a, a nice blacktail buck so we shot five deer and a mountain goat in three days it was trip of a lifetime yeah i'd say the the beaver pilot when he took off he's like i he had to circle the lake like four times to gain elevation well it's a good thing <laughs> yeah. he had a beaver yeah. they don't they don't yeah. make them much bigger than no so um, I, I'm thinking this is great. I kind of scratched the itch that's been dormant for a decade plus and come back to Montana. And in 2016, a buddy told me since I was never going to draw a mountain goat in Montana, I th- should throw my wife's name in the hat and double my chances of not drawing. Is how I put it. <laughs> it's like, sure, why not? And, and Montana does run, run on a bonus point system for residents where right. each year you apply, you get an extra well, number of opportunities. Square them they they yeah. square them. So, so at this point, I think I had 14 points, 15 points. In Montana. It, it, yeah. This is, so this is 2017. And so um, I apply. And for the first time since I moved here in 2003, when I went online to check, there's usually a successful column that has nothing. That's right. And then an unsuccessful where all of our applications are. That's right. And this year I see the successful. Oh, my God, I got a mountain goat. Wow. I'm, I'm just over the top excited. <laughs> Then I was like, oh, my God. I Before I call my wife, I was like, I guess I'll check hers. It's her second year applying. She drew probably the hardest mountain goat hunt in the state you guys both on her drew? second year, the same year I draw one. You both have yes. Montana mountain goat tags. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Our third child was born in March, and now it's, what, June? And we both have <laughs> two tags. And I was like, That's kind of this is awesome, but uh, oh, wow, man. Yeah, it's There's very no stressful. Way. My tag was in the unlimited sheep district. Mm-hmm. So I walked away from the mountain the day before the opener with a sheep tag and a goat tag in my pocket, which will probably never happen again. That's pretty cool. And I walked in, and as it's apt to happen on September 15th, I actually passed a probably a four-year-old Billy. Um, I was Billy about, or a ram? Uh, Billy. Okay, yeah, a mountain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was probably 11 miles from the truck solo. And that didn't really play in my mind. It's like, you know, this is a tag of a lifetime. I've shot a lot of goats. Yeah. I actually even took my bow and my rifle in solo, thinking maybe you are it. crazy. I, I only did that once. That's like packing a goat solo. You just don't do it. Totally. So I didn't find any sheep that trip. I, uh, I think on day three of the season, it snowed a foot. Again, typical. Normal. Yeah, welcome and, to the bear. And I decided to back out. And unfortunately, that became a theme. It was a huge snow year that fall. You just kept getting pushed it, out of it. Yeah. So I tried once with my wife, and we we ran into hurricane force winds and just couldn't, couldn't get up to even where the goats were. Oh, gosh. So it was a few days before Halloween. Um, Two of my kids are in school. I have a, you know, infant. less than one-year-old. And we we take our kids to school, drop the infant off with some good friends, and take off up into the mountains north of town here. And 
it was it was sketchy. I'm not gonna lie. If you know the saddle above the main lake where there's a trailhead yep. over on the east side, a lot of people will figure that out. It's not really a spot burn because it's I've, uh, yeah. I've climbed around yes. all that. <laughs> so we get to the saddle and and these goats are accustomed to people and there, and there was a bunch of them bedded down and they just didn't care. They didn't even get out of their beds. And she made a great shot and anchored this goat in its bed. Good. She, my wife has got to be pretty unique in the history of the world because she has now killed a cow elk and a mountain goat. She's never shot a deer. <laughs> She's got a couple turkeys too, but like not many people yeah, can say of, she did not grow up in a hunting kind of family. Backwards, so right? yeah, to, her second animal was a mountain goat. That's and, cool. and she kind of decided she wasn't into mountain goat hunting much after because <laughs> the pack out was a very sketchy downhill um off trail over there yeah, yeah yeah the trail was blown out with snow and just ice so yeah you said it was i think or uh, halloween so this was a few days before halloween good but hair. we had we it had great hair we dropped it our kid off at you know eight fifteen, and we picked our kids up from an after school program by four thirty that afternoon so very successful very day. very yeah but you so, still got these tags so now i have my tag and i'm like Okay, we got to go. In the next weekend, I think it snowed. I actually went to the trailhead to access my unit, and there was three feet of fresh snow at the trailhead. Ugh. And I just, you know, a little wiser than in high school, college, when I was doing stuff in late December. I no, this like, ain't th- happening. This, this isn't safe. The, I could see avalanches that have broke free. Right. So I, uh, I backed off and watched the snow accumulate and thought, oh, my God, I'm going to eat this probably once-in-a-lifetime goat tag, my favorite animal. And then as it uh, turns out, uh, I think the Saturday or Sunday before Thanksgiving, a Chinook rolls in mm. and it's like 50 some degrees and blowing like crazy and the snow starts to melt. And so I start thinking I'd kind of given up. The season closes in a week. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving with the family. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, we always go cut a Christmas tree. We had a wonderful day with the kids. Kids are in bed on Friday night. The season closes Sunday. And my wife and I are watching TV, and she she knows I'm distracted. She goes, you're thinking about goats, aren't you? You're like, of course I am. This and, and I said, well, yeah. And she goes, you can go. And there's kind of this resignation. There. And it was like the cartoon outline of me. I was, like, gone. I was, like, in the garage. My See gear ya. is, like, I, I did think I slept a couple hours at home, but the days are getting short. Oh, yeah. You know, this is, I think, November 28th that year. It might be off a day or two. Uh, drive to the trailhead and start hiking, you know, 5 a.m. Doesn't get light till what, 8.30 or so. Oh. Um, climbed about 4,000 feet, and this is a story I've told you once before, if you'll recall. I sit down, throw up the glass, and the first thing I see is two billies fighting to the death. Wow. Like, they are That's... trying to ram these sharp, pointy horns into the, each other's abdomen and spinning in circles. I've never seen that. It is... I like jaw dropping. Of all the of yeah. all the time I've spent up in the yeah. mountains watching mountain goats, yeah. I've never never seen Billy's fighting aggressively like and, that. And, and and I'm just and the wind is notoriously bad in this area that I was. The mountain goats are at about ten thousand five hundred feet. It's late November. Yeah, you're not you're not uh this is would you agree saying this is way more hardcore than what you grew up yes. doing? Yes. It's colder. I mean, it's probably, you know, I mean, wind chills are zero or probably below. Yeah. But I, I've got a lot better gear. I'm not in Levi's and a cotton <laughs> t-shirt, thank God. Yeah. So I I have, a, there are 
you know, close to a mile away across this plateau, kind of on the edge of a cliff band. But um, I, I lose sight of them, end up getting above them. And this is probably an hour later. They are still fighting. Whoa. There's eight or nine nannies bedded down. And these two are just spinning circles. And Hook, hooking yeah, each other. Yeah, and like chunks of hair have flown off. Whoa. And And I'm trying, you know, I am I got like 150 yards. I'm like, well, I might as well get closer. I was pretty steep above, and I just slide on my butt. I get into 80 yards. They're still fighting. Oh, my gosh. And finally, one of them gives up and runs away. And part of me feels guilty because the, the victor did not go the spoils. <laughs> I, I shot the winner. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yes, yes. I won. won. And Boom. Be, before I shot him, as soon as he chased that other belly off, he went and got a nanny up out of her bed and put his nose in her rear like a white-tailed buck, head low to the ground, chasing her. It he, died, was, he died happy. He did. And he maybe I should have given him another minute or two. Smiling. But Yeah. So, well, yeah. so uh, another solo goat. What did that pack out look like? quite a bit ouch yeah I, it's the only so i he was the most hair the latest in the season i've ever killed one he's actually the biggest goat uh he did make boone when i green scored him he i did? never submitted him 50 yep so wow. he he was just everything you could want in a mountain goat what, what to be a boone and crockett mountain goat you have to be 50 inches so what is that it's got to be like 10, 10 by five and a half yeah 10 by five yeah or, yeah I, I think he's one is like nine and seventeen sixteenths, and the other one right at ten. I mean, he's just and he's heavy based, and he's just. But that hide, uh, the hide is literally three times the load that it would have been in August. So I decided for the first time in my life, I've got to. I probably should have full bodied mount him, but I just decided to shoulder mount him. So I go back to where you you make a cut up the spine and yep. you make a cut around the abdomen where you want it, you know, give them plenty of extra height. Like a deer. I would split the hair with my hands and then grab my knife and it's blowing 25, 30 <laughs> miles. I had neoprene gloves. That's another pro tip. They they stayed warm as blood got on them yeah. and, and got wet. But I could not make that initial incision because the hair kept blowing over and I couldn't see. So I actually ended up, I had a second knife. I shaved beyond behind my cut just so, so I could get, get the, the knife skin. under. Oh, my God. It, it was just like, I mean, I've never run into this, but I've never seen an animal with I mean, hair this long. Yeah, it's literally like that thanks, yeah. that Thanksgiving, you know, late November hair yeah. on a mountain goat. It could be eight, eight nine-inch yeah. hair. Yeah. And once I got under the hide, I, I made the cuts. Um, I threw the hide, the head, and all the meat in my pack. I boned them out completely. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty steep and pretty hard snow. For the first thousand feet, I had to drop. I'm like 3,500 feet above the rig, and it wasn't bad. I could kind of slide. Not, con- you know, I had a uh, an, an ice axe, and I, I I was prepared for it, but I didn't need it. And then I finally got off the steeps to a flat, and I took one step and sunk into my waist. Oh no! I was like, I can't do it. I mean, I had to take my pack off to just to extricate myself from oh, the no. scenario. So the only thing I had achieved by dropping that thousand feet is I was a tree line. So I ended up um, hanging the hide, and and I took the meat out. So once you got to tree line, you were like, I I, I need to re, yeah. reassess this whole yeah. thing. This is not it's not going to happen. But I I got down to the truck and I thought, God, I can't do it. And I slept three four hours. It's now Sunday, you know, of the final day of the season. Yeah. And I had to turn around and climb 2,500 feet straight up that mountain. Mm. And But I got it out. And when I hit the truck for the first time in my life, I said, I'm done. Never again. 
cheaper, uh, cheaper goat hunting. I, I was, yeah, I, I bet you done. didn't get out of the wilderness area. No, I'd say it was 24 hours before yeah. I changed my mind. So. <laughs> yeah. So now I, I can't apply in Montana. You wait seven years, so I got right. another two years before I can start applying for goats. So I don't know if I'll ever get a mountain goat in Montana again, but. I had uh, similar luck as your wife. I drew my mountain goat tag in Montana with two points. Oh, right. It's just as a young man. Yeah. Just shouldn't have, you know, it was just a fluke deal. And similar to your experiences, I, I shot that Billy behind you uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Jeez. And it was, I can, I can relate <laughs> to your struggle out there. I've done it. Uh, it's a different hunt yeah. than it is in September. Yeah. For sure. And it's a different animal. Than it yeah. is in September. Well, just I, I keep telling myself I got to climb the mountains in early December just to go watch them rut because it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Boy, I'm I'm jealous or I'm yeah. envious to see something like yeah. that. You know, you see sheep fight, you certainly see deer and elk fight, but not a lot of people have watched billies yeah. scrap it out. Yeah, and and again, just to be it it that and and they often go up in this mountain range because the wind blows the, the snow right. off to yep. provide some some feed a windswept ridge Correct. It might be at twelve thousand feet or yeah. eleven thousand yeah. ten thousand yeah. feet uh but that happens to be where they can uh fight each other and find food at that time of year some yeah. of the sheep do that too so so that was your last goat that was my last that was 10 well 10. i I, yeah. I bet it's not your last goat I, the, it's just i mean it's been yeah, six got, years. You still got the next to kin card? I do. Yeah. They have changed it in South, in on Baranoff Island. There is, uh, the season will often shut down now if Quota. a certain number of nannies are killed. Yeah, I like and, that. And I think it became popular more so after I left. Um, Goat hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, You're a trendsetter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never had a problem finding goats. They were always there. There were always lots of young ones. So My, my understanding was just like Kodiak and these other introduced populations that it was Baranoff's pretty robust population of, uh, of mountain goats and the hunting pressure maybe historically hasn't affected yeah. them too much. Yeah. I, that was my understanding at the time, but it, it has changed. So it, the, the days of shooting one in October are going to be harder because I don't think the season's staying open. I For non-residents? Uh, residents as well. So. so they can only hunt them early. Well, once the the number of nannies have shot, and it's I think it's only like five. So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we should ever incriminate someone for shooting a nanny no. accidentally. If you do it on purpose, then you get out of my life. But no. uh, the accidental harvesting of a nanny, you can't fault anyone for that. It's just like it's very. It could happen to anybody. Yeah. Uh, but I do like the management strategy of the the female sub quota. Yeah. I actually, yeah, uh, you probably wrote the script in that same video that Ranella narrated because there's a great demographic, or you know, oh, like model what, what of happens. what happens yeah, when you yeah, shoot yeah. an Annie and how it cascades. I haven't watched that yeah. video in a while. I got no. I, gotta, I, I yeah. think I still know what a billion and Annie are. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so what's what excites you about the future? What uh, you you still very avid elk hunter here? In Montana? Yeah, yeah. I, I I spend more time with my kids hunting. My, yeah, you're telling my, me that. Today. My daughter got her first buck last year at eleven years old. White tail um, or mule deer? She got a white tail. My fifteen year old has shot a buck every year since he could hunt. Uh, he shot his second bear this spring. Whoa! So 
I, I'm having more fun with the kids and putting myself on the back burner until September 15th when the unlimited sheep season. My my wife always gives me a week every fall. She goes, you you can dealer's choice. You can have a week, 10 days. You're pretty eaten yeah. up with that bighorn hunting. I've kind of I, – I messed up when I started hunting sheep because I was here for five years before I had kids, and that's when I should have started. Yeah. But I didn't know as much about it. And When did yeah. you kill – you've killed doll sheep. I killed a doll sheep in 2013. and Were you a resident? I was not. I went with my brother. More next and, and stuff, okay. And, yeah, we each killed a sheep within a day. So wow. I, I've seen two doll sheep, you know, in my life, and it was within 24 hours. Wow. That whole story is another – you know, yeah. long story. Yeah, we're doing this again. Well, we'll see. But, um, yeah, it's just just being in the mountains. What I realized with the unlimited sheep is I don't care about not seeing sheep. Year one, it really frustrated. I did not see a sheep the first year and a half of hunting them. And not, at the end of year one, I was like, what am I doing? And I lowered the binoculars and looked around. I was like, who cares? Who cares? I haven't seen a person in four days. Dude, you're, you're – you doing this for the right reason. I, I see mountain right goats now. all the time while yep. I'm sheep hunting. A lot of bears. I haven't had the bear problems that you've had oh for some God. reason. Um, I, I've seen more grizzly bears than yeah. I have rams. Yeah, I did uh, have an opportunity to shoot a black bear at 11,000 feet, which was would have been amazing. But, I, did, I but did that. I, I, think I, had heard your, I think I had heard your story oh. by then, and so I was like, you know what? No. Worst decision of my yeah. life. Yeah. Biggest so. Montana bear of yeah. my life. Worst decision of my life. Yeah. Well, your sheep hunts over. I mean, yeah. until you get it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And it was still two days to get that stupid bear yeah. out of there. Yeah. Um. So, the unlimited hunting. You've kind of refocused your Alaskan uh, motivation, your Alaskan enthusiasm for mountain hunting into this unlimited hunting. I still go to Alaska every year outside of COVID. I've been back and I'll usually chase blacktails with my brothers and now with my kids. Your family's yeah. still in Sitka. Correct. In yeah. Sitka, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that, the, you know, the blacktail deer hunting is, I don't want to call it easy cause it's not, but it's also something I've done so long. Like I, I know that I can go up and find opportunities whenever. You like going in August doing that alpine, or you can do it as late as December yeah. on the beach. Honestly, the, the November rut hunt, when you can call bucks in, is really hard to beat too. Um, but of course, it's also rifle rut in Montana, so yeah. you, you have to Boy. pick and choose sometimes. Only so many um, days in the, the year. The, the reason I typically go in August is I do love that alpine hunting, and it doesn't interfere with any of the Montana seasons. Yeah, I've never done that alpine hunt, that early hunt. I, I don't like velvet. No. Not a fan of velvet. Um, it seems like an unfinished product to me. You know, I've never had one on August 1st that was soft, like broken. Like, I mean, you could peel the velvet and, and you're just hard, left with a white, a hard white, horn, under white horn. I don't think there's a lot of growth. That I, usually by mid-August, most of them are, yeah. are are slicking them off. You know, sometimes you'll see one into September. But, yeah. Um, but they're just so handsome in yeah. November. Uh when they've yeah. got that cape filled out and they're yeah. hard horned and put that yeah. color on their antlers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I love it because it's so different. And the fact that I got the opportunity to do that every year, I use as a resident before I left, I was, you know, one or two in August, one or two in October, and one or two in November, sometimes yeah. one in December. Yeah. So it's it's a lot different to get to hunt them through those phases of the season. So You do most of your uh, unlimited hunting solo? 
I had a buddy do it the first year. And, yeah, me, uh, me too. yeah, that was yeah. It. <laughs> he, uh, he's like, no, he, and I think the way it works is you lose all your bonus points if you don't apply three years in a row two, or two and whatever yeah. it is. So he had a lot of points and I did not when I started the unlimited. So it was easy for me to eat the points. It oh, would have been hard for him. I'll never, yeah. I will never acquire a bonus point yeah. in Montana in the rest of my life. Yeah. So, um, you know. I don't want to come off as a good hunter, even though I've been, have been lucky with goats because I've been humbled for 12, going on 12 years by sheep. And I have seen one probably legal ram in 12 years. Oh, man. that is And humbling. I and I could have shot him, but I, I don't know if he was legal. I, I yeah. flipped the safety off three times. He was at 75 yards feeding. Well, I think it's it's real uh, respectable between not shooting some of the goats that were yeah. in cliffy country and, yeah. and waiting for a f- – blatantly legal you know this you've shot sheep it's the coolest thing you'll ever do and it's the most stressful thing you ever do because you walk up to it and think yeah is is it legal oh yeah i thought mine was a full curl it wasn't when i got my hands on it doll sheep my doll sheep but he was was old he was was 12 years old yeah (laughs) so he he just he went wide instead of in a circle so yeah but you know that there was a sickening feeling to grab a hold of him this it's animal of a lifetime turn think sideways. I, and think i oh my god i'm gonna get fined and lose them and yeah so it is a it is a stressful uh yeah. a short a short window of time yeah. that consumes so much of <laughs> your human emotion yeah yeah well even said. even when you're so confident in it yeah. it's still like man until i get my hands on and yeah. count those antilai that's yeah. just stressed out yeah. about it yeah so so well, yeah, I just I, it doesn't really matter from from a chucker to a sheep. I just if I get the chance, I'm I'm happy to tag along and. Uh, you just appreciate uh, wild places. No. Um, I hope I hope things go, go good for you this fall. Um, I hope you get your unlimited ram killed this fall because I'm back in next year, and then God, we're, I don't then wanna, we're competition. I don't want to compete with you and your former boss. He's already in there. So <laughs> you know what's funny, my brother Roscoe. You don't have to worry about Roscoe because he doesn't want to kill one. He like, honestly, I've gotten to that point, but I know what he is. But he's yeah. very genuine. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm, first of all, his first unlimited ram is a stud. Yeah, I've seen. So it. He yeah. set the bar high for himself, and I think he genuinely doesn't want to kill one because it means he can't go for seven years. Yeah, and he's in this like chapter of his life where he's like, I'm good. I'm, yeah. I like going. I want to keep going. Um, but. Between Roscoe and my big brother is now in the same unit. No, and I've give, I gave him the playbook. Yeah, everything I which you spoke to earlier doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. No. Like I could tell you everything I know. Uh, and any unlimited successful unlimited hunter could tell you everything they know yeah. and give you waypoints and everything doesn't mean a damn. I thing. got all those from Tim Schinnenberger, who I consider a friend. He's kind of you know, a mutual friend, ironically for both of us and yeah. great podcast with him. And he got it figured out. I still am learning. And it's, I think I enjoy that as much as anything to be humbled, you know, to yep. go out and like, think I figured it out. It's and a beautiful process. I have found very consistently sheep in November now, but oh, the unlimiteds right? are on a quota. So once a certain number of sheep, usually two are killed, they shut the season down. Yeah. And for the first five, six years I hunted, no one, no one it never to. got shut down. And now the last handful of years, it's gotten shut down within the first week or two. Yeah. So, so it's, which in, in also it's mid September and I love to bow hunt elk. So I, the last couple of years I was chasing elk 
in the sheep season ended and i think mm-hmm. i told you i'm not going to make that mistake this year i'm going to be out there <laughs> yeah you're, you're going to move into the into the tent yeah. probably like september 1st uh, you know the funny the one really big ram i saw was about three weeks before the season camping with my kids bighorn yeah yeah we we're we we're a mile from the road and and four of them w- literally walked through our camp at 100 yards oh my god three of them were not legal one was and i told my wife it was like you know Bring bring a food back every week and leave it right here. I'll check in with you when I can. I was going to stay on him for it's three like, weeks, it's which like, I couldn't uh, physically done. But. It's like seeing the Easter Bunny <laughs> it was. or something. Yeah. You're like, yeah. something you're not supposed to be. Yeah, I, I call it the mythical beast, you know, Yeah. which is funny because you can drive to one of the ski areas here every winter and see him next to the gas station. Yeah, but but where you, sure you go can. where you can yeah, it's different. legally hunt him, it's uh, different. not going to happen very often. But. Well, it's a it's a sickness it like, is. I don't like calling it a sickness. It's a. Uh, it's, it's an a, obsession. It's an obsession yeah. and a passion yeah. that few few people uh, truly understand and truly commit to. Yeah. And um, I think we we share that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh. Well, if I don't get it this year, maybe we can talk because I don't have anybody who wants to go spend time in those mountains with me. So. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, I you know my experience in the Unlimiteds <laughs> was it was a revelation for me as a young guy in my twenties. It was my first time I had to confront if I want to do this and if I want to be successful, I have to go alone. And I had no experience, you know, besides like going out for a night elk hunting or something. I had no experience in like extended backpack solo hunting, you know, and uh, I just had this revelation of this kind of moment with myself where I was like that. If I want to do this, I got to be comfortable going out by myself for a week. And, um, I, I, I got to that point and it, it worked out and I'm, I still, that's still some of the most special time in the outdoors for me is by yeah. myself out there. It, not many people can do it. And no, just, people, people yeah. fall apart. Yeah. I just, I fall apart, but I, I fall apart. But the difference is, uh, are you going to pack your shit up and leave? Or are you going to, yeah. you going to yeah. work through this and get up and hunt tomorrow? I literally I've done both. I literally flipped a rock one time because there was a big storm moving in. I was like, I know there's elk bugling. I could be chasing elk, or I could sheep hunt tomorrow yeah. or two days from now. And it came up elk, and I shot a six point forty eight hours later. So, yeah, so that worked. time it worked. Yeah. But I was like, but the whole time I was having this incredible elk hunt, I was like, you idiot! You, you probably could have <laughs> killed a ram me today. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kevin. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing some of your adventures with us. You've got no. quite the resume. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do in the wilderness this fall. All right. We'll Good do this again. We're going to yep. talk We're gonna talk more sheep, and we're going to talk uh, maybe some commercial fishing sometime. I, I'd happy to do that. And, uh, you know, still still don't have a cat to my resume. Oh, I know. A Dropping guy. a hint. There's a, <laughs> there's a backyard full yeah. of hound dogs scratching at the, You, hear these, tr- you yeah. hear these monsters trying yeah. to get in? No. Yeah. All right. We got to let All the right. hound dogs in. Good night. Good night.